Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to episode 174 of PHP Ugly. Afternoon. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson. It is afternoon. Evening? I guess it's evening. Good yeah, evening. It's very Good much evening. evening. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson. With me are my confused friends, John Congan. Very confused. Hello, hello. And Thomas Rado. Not that confused. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stop laughing. You know, I'm every, I'm like the I'm like the laugh track of our show. Every time I go back and listen to our show, it's just me giggling like a little schoolgirl in the background. What's the that? whole what's, show, what's it's just that? me laughing because nobody else is laughing. So obviously, it's not as funny as I think it is. Maybe it is, and we're just letting you be the laugh track because you got a better laugh than we have. The significantly better I don't laugh. Think I don't think that's true. I am significantly better looking than either one of you both of those, but how are we all doing? Uh, recovering from the flu. Ooh, it's been recovering a, from the yeah, flu. Yeah, it's been wonderful. I took three days off work last week and coughed my way to uh, strong, healthy abs. <laughs> that's one way to get that workout. There you go. I'm laughing again. See, I gotta stop. <laughs> you can laugh when I say funny stuff. That's okay. Every time I want to laugh, I'm just gonna have to drink more wine. And I got the wine thing happening today. Rocking the uh, the the Cooper and Thief, uh, one of my absolute favorite um, Costco wines. And, and, and what's that wine glass you're using there? This is a highly uh, space aged. Uh, a material um, brought to you by a very uh, up-and-coming new company called uh, Diego Dev. It's a Yeti. That's right. Sorry. I mean, is, uh, you know, if I drop it, <laughs> it, it, it won't break. Oh wait, what's that? I need a bigger glass. Yeah, I have. I have a bigger Yeti. Oh wait, that's that one's empty. This one's not. Yeah, that one's yeah. just straight. And I have right? a. I have a scotch one as well, but uh, I don't have my scotch today. So, yes, we went we went Yeti heavy. Uh, even my dog has a Yeti dish uh, water dish now. I assume with mine Diego is, uh, Dev logos on it. Diego Dev logos. What did What did you say, Thomas? I assume mine is in the mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the ticket. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's good assumption to have. Yeah, good assumption. Yeah, <laughs> just wait for it. It'll get there. Eventually, uh, I bought bought my uh, bought my Laracon ticket uh, today. Laracon Lair- went, went on sale. Go back to your Yeti for a second. Saturday night, I have lag of one for you to, to put into it. Actually, never mind. I've got you. Ha- never mind. You got lag of one. Never mind. I've got. Oh, look, yeah. there's the there's the Scotch one. Yeah. See, I, I, that would be the Scotch Yeti. And we have two of them, so you don't have to bring yours. I have one for you. Awesome. We'll throw, throw Although, them. I mean, if it's if it's if it's log of wool, then I might have to bring this one. <laughs> All right, Laricon. Sorry, derailed. Okay. Bought my Laricon tickets. Going to Laricon. Uh, either one of you guys interested in joining me in, in in the the underwater experience of Laricon this year? Negative. Nope. No. No, Thomas. Yeah, it's. I I just Laricon. You don't want to be under the sea. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna wear the uh, mermaid uh, outfit, uh, complete with shells and everything. Under the sea, isn't it in Tennessee? No, that's no. PHP it, tech is what you're thinking there. 
Oh, where is this? No, it's where is Laracon this year? They're holding it in the uh, the aquarium in Atlanta. Oh, so so it's gonna be like in the in the aquarium. So it's just gonna be it's gonna be a whole Little Mermaid theme, and everybody's gonna sing, and they're gonna Both they're hands. going to comb their hair with forks. Yeah, no, I don't think I'll make that. Come on, no. Singing oh. and for- singing right. and forks. No, it's I'm good. All right, well, I'm just saying. Don't know what you're missing. Don't know what you're missing. I can only go I to might. a we'll couple of conferences a year, and Lyricon is not going to be one of them. Yeah, I'm kind of Lyricon is is where I I hit my um like I have I have like my people I like to like to see uh, every year. Although I don't I don't think my Canadians are coming, which is really breaking my heart. Uh, I don't think. Uh, Sean and Matt are actually going to come. So I don't know. I don't know. This should be fun. I like it. I really, I really so badly want to go to Larry County EU. And I looked at it this year. I, you know, they have the one in Amsterdam. And uh, every year I look at it, it's just, um, it's just, it's just a little too much. A little too expensive. Yeah, to go to Amsterdam? That is a tad expensive. Yeah. Yeah, Laracon EU. I, I've I've so wanted to go to Laracon EU since its conception. I I've wanted to go to that one and have yet to do it. And it's just every time I start breaking breaking down the costs, I just can't. It's such a hard justification for me. And it's the same thing with Laracon AU, right? Laracon Australia. I you know I I really wanted to go to that one. You know, it's the same thing. It's like. As fun as these conferences are, and as much as I enjoy d- doing them, and you know, as much as you can justify going to a conference as is, doing it out of out of the country, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not like we're going to pick up clients in Europe or something, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to Laracon, you know, EU, and and you know, pick up a bunch of clients. So, yeah, imagine all the. Uh... International people coming over to the states for conferences. I'm surprised with how many people actually mm. do. I wonder, like, what I, what they get out of it, because it seems like there's plenty of conferences overseas that would be easier to get to, probably less expensive travel wise. Yeah, but all the talent, especially here. not anymore though. <laughs> that, yeah, what... right. I see. I see the talent overseas. I'm. I feel very inferior. You, you look at any conference uh, lineup, and half of them are from Europe, anyways. Yeah, especially the Laravel ones. So, even mm. even at the bigger PHP conferences, it seems like a lot of overseas speakers, and mm-hmm. a lot of the big uh, things we use, like isn't um ah, uh, why can't I remember his name? Uh, the composer creator. Right. Yep. But I mean, him uh, and XD XD bug, PHP and unit. XD bug. I mean, all those guys are overseas and just very talented. So I don't know what you're talking about, Thomas. I'm just speaking for myself. I'm here. <laughs> you're the most talented person you know. I'm not, I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing about that. I'm just asking. Drink more wine. You'll laugh. <laughs> oh, this this animal, this new one we got here, this kitten. She's she's out of control. She's really 
has captured the heart of everybody in this house, including the other animals. I mean, she won't let she won't leave anybody alone, including the dog, including the other cats. She keeps insisting on like you know getting kissed and hugged and pet and and she doesn't stop and she just she just melts your heart. My uh, my cats do not like my new dog at all. They're very upset. Oh no, that's not good. No, they, they cats cats are like that though. He's got he's got a lot of energy, and he thinks that the cats want to play, and they do not want to play. <laughs> and so he uh, he likes to chase him whenever he can. Now we have, uh, okay. and then they run, so he thinks they're playing even that much more. Yeah, do we have a cat door in our bedroom because that's the cat's little safe space? So mm-hmm. the cats can escape from him just fine; they don't have a problem with that. It's just that he likes to uh, stick his nose through the cat door and start barking at him. And then they start hissing at him and smacking his nose. And it's a lot of energy. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a toddler on, on Red Bull. That's why I don't want a dog. You need, you need a dog, John. No dogs. Nope. So you need a dog. Let's talk coding for a second. Let, let's talk PHP. Not just a second. I was told I was told that we couldn't record unless uh, I had PHP stories. So I have a lot of PHP stories for you. Okay, I want John, I want John to go first. He seems like he no, has he's, yeah, he's, no, he's I just, first. No, I just I had. I mean, I've known this for a long time that I'm not a a great developer. So <laughs> <laughs> I say that I, I really I, want to see where this is going. All right, I say that because. Like I was telling Jackie today, no, I'm a, I'm a good developer. I can, I can code my way out of almost anything, but working, uh, in the group I'm working in right now where they're really good at architecting pieces, that's where I fail. Like I can make code work. I can get it to do what it's supposed to do. Uh, I can debug the hell out of some code. If there's something broken, uh, that's a strong suit architecting is it's in is in and of itself an art form getting the the proper building blocks getting things working together abstracting out uh as much as i've seen happen in the past couple weeks just makes me feel inferior like i'm not i'm not super when it comes to object-oriented programming i can make them i can make it do what it's supposed to do but not always the most elegant reusable testable way yeah, I know that feeling. I I had something uh, that I was working on today where I started feeling myself getting lazy and not following the architecture, and I was like, had to slap the back of my own hand to motivate myself to do it the right way. Don't know if this is what uh, initiated this, but I had the same thing with John today. As a matter of fact, I, I'm reading an article in the latest uh, PHP Architect magazine. And it's like everything everything about the article about what it's saying makes sense. And I'm I'm realizing I'm like, wow, I am really bad at doing this because it's not the fact that I wasn't doing doing it the way that uh the author was suggesting. Uh and the author was that uh, is Larry, Larry Garfield yeah, or Larry Garfield, yep. <clears throat> yeah, great, great uh great developer. Um, 
It's it's the fact that I couldn't I and I still can't get my head around the proposed solution he he was presenting in this article. So the article was really about not exposing arrays to to users and and basically you know planting if you need to use arrays you plant them into other other methods that that do things for you like an array would like maybe it's because I'm lazy and the fact that I've been very dependent on collections in my Laravel world where I've I've switched a lot of my stuff over to collections because I love working with collections and and that was that was one of the recommendations he had in his article but but one of the things that he indicated in his article and it was one of those little trigger things I always always go back to the if else thing. When somebody said very simply, if there's an else in your code, that's where you need to re look at your code and re-architect it and see if you can't re-architect that else out. Well, in this article, it basically said, if you're returning an array, you should re-look at your code, re-architect your code so you're not returning that array. Mm -hmm. And he gave some examples of how not to do that. And... I'm, I'm, I just must not be very good at coding because I can't, for the life of me, wrap my head around what it is he's doing. I think that, I even, I even reached out to John. Yeah. So the, the big thing is we, the PHP arrays are not traditional arrays, right? They're hash maps or associative arrays. And we, as PHP developers, get to abuse them and use them however we want as a uh, sequentially indexed array, as an associative array, mixed between the two. And because we don't fully understand how arrays work, there are some gotchas. And one of the things he points out is if you're using a sequentially indexed array, 0, 1, 2, and then you delete one of them, delete one of those elements, and then add uh, another element on, that sequence breaks. So it, if you add mm -hmm. zero one and then delete one, add another one. Now you got zero two as your indexes. Again, in and of itself, not that big of a deal because most of us are probably just doing a four each anyway. But that would break on a four, you know, four loop. Uh, we don't have any typecasting into arrays, which is where generics come in. Uh, there are uh, security. Uh, issues if you don't protect your array properly you could mm -hmm. you could you could be shoving things into the array you're not expecting so so a lot of it made sense to me in that respect mm -hmm. and i just started getting into using collections in the past six months to a year because I, you know arrays are just easy that's just what i grew up with in php uh so every time somebody yeah, it just works yeah, everyone, every time somebody said, no, you should be using a collection, I'm like, but why? And all the collection methods are very confusing until you start using them. And even still, I start looking at whatever collection system we're using now, and uh, it's like, why is this map not working? Why is it not going through this code? Oh, because it's a lazy collection. You have to call realize or something at the end of it to actually make it do the work. It's like, ah, stupid gotcha. <laughs> But yeah, that being said, a lot of his examples go to 
basically a typed uh, array. So you create an object that basically hides the array for you. You can do testing on it, make sure you're pushing, popping, doing things correctly at that point. And you can also make sure you're only putting that type of object into the array. You're not going to get garbage into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great article. It's something, it's one of those things I need to do in practice. And, and, it, and like you said, I mean, you, if you if you subscribe to PHP Architect, make sure you read this magazine, uh, this uh, article. The, the article is actually called Never Use Arrays, and he has a little asterisk by the word never. But uh, it's it's just one of those really you. It's so easy to teach people how to use arrays in PHP that, like John said, and like the article says, we just abuse the hell out of it. It's it's really poor. It's really sort of a poor coding practice. Um, And it was funny because when I was reading this, it's like I remember when I first started using Laravel. I was so accustomed to arrays that whenever I got a collection, I would send it to a two array function. <laughs> so, I, so that collection was an array, and, and it like it made more sense in my head. And it took me about a year of using Laravel before I got comfortable of switching collections over to arrays and just working with collections. Yeah, the other way around. Directly arrays over to collections. Right. Yeah. The other yeah, big I- thing. I, I need to get better at this pretty quickly too, because I have a mentee now and we're talking from scratch. Like he's learning how to program from HTML and now he's on CSS. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and he, he has this is a, a work. Uh, no, this is, this is a personal a friend of mine. And uh, he, uh, he hasn't asked me about arrays yet, which I know is coming. And I'm remembering when I learned how to do arrays in PHP for the first time, something like 20 years ago, and how difficult it was mm-hmm. for me to wrap my head around just the general concept. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. worse than that, I know he's going to be doing it in JavaScript first, <laughs> not <laughs> PHP. Right. And so... Well, well, what's funny is when, when, I, was learning, when I was learning Python... Um, this was one of my stumbling blocks because Python didn't have arrays. They had, they had lists, they had dictionaries, and they had, I think they're called turnips or something. Or I forget what, I forget the associative array is called. But, but in my head, in my PHP mind, they were all arrays. And I never, I could, I couldn't understand why they had three different conventions for this until I read this article from, from Larry. And I'm like, holy crap, we're doing it wrong. Like, we've been doing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> Jesus, no wonder no wonder nobody likes us. <laughs> well, a lot of times, like, we use an array as a configuration object, right? And for, mm-hmm. some, for that, if you actually, not, I shouldn't say configuration object, we use an array to hold configuration, or if you made that its own class, its own object, you could then be using, doing some sort of validation on the information in there. You can make sure that you're getting strings where you need strings and arrays where you need arrays. You just have, you can have tighter control over the data that's in there as well. And you can also make it immutable, which makes it things a lot easier to test versus just a lot safer to use. Right. Yeah. So just throwing stuff into an array. 
but that's you know that's that's a great because now that you mentioned that like if if you've ever looked at the config directory in Laravel every one of those files is just a return of an array mm-hmm. and that's all that that config directory is which makes it super easy to add things right so you can just basically add anything you want and they not have to change your data structure anywhere uh, but it's just not as safe it's not as mm. uh, well documented. Like, here's exactly what's mm. in this piece of the configuration. Oh, that's, I have a huge problem with that. I'm constantly like upgraded to the newest version and find out that there's config options that are missing completely now. Because mm. uh, they're not in your config anymore. You need to, you now need to go add them manually. Right, because the config is a published thing from a package. Mm. Yeah. And the way that Laravel shift handles that is just uh, backs up your config and deletes it and replaces it. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of helpful. Yeah, where if it were a, an object with sane defaults, where you're just right overriding it with the stuff in there at that point. Right. If it was sense. if it was if it was an object that that you extended and your config was just an extension of an existing object and you had setters and getters for everything totally different. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, yep. backwards compatibility breaks. Sweet. Does this mean we don't have to record PHP magazine podcast now? We just basically did it. I, I feel like, I feel just like we just did it. <laughs> we'll, we'll just edit Thomas out and just put it over there. And we, I think we're done. <laughs> I just re-edit the intro so that I'm a special guest. There you go. There you go. That's a better idea. Because <laughs> that was very rude. We're going to edit Thomas out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm an asshole, man. We all know this. Yeah, it's nothing new. You wear it well. But yeah. well and and I, deba- I debated whether or not to even bring it up on here because I know we still have to do the PHP Arch podcast. But it's like it's that sort of stuff that like I get really passionate about, and I'm like, and I, and that's why I I reached out to John. I'm like, hey, if you haven't read this article, can you please read it because I have questions, and and this is like this is one of these things that's itching the back of my brain that I feel like I want to really dive into, but I can't. I'm just struggling understanding it. And I think this is one of those, yeah, one of those I love this stuff. topics that Larry's been talking about for a long time. Like I, I think I've seen him write about it before, but still, mm. still a, a great article to read, and you know something that that keeps it top of mind for me too. That I, I need to stop using arrays so much. Mm-hmm. So what did you have, Thomas? You said you had a bunch of PHP stuff. Yeah, well, um, the first one is. Pretty simple. Um, PHP 7.4 has introduced preloading. And with preloading, you sort of have to specify what it is you want to preload and and where and when. Um, There's quite a bit of work, you know, getting it going from what I've seen so far. Uh, But it looks like people are getting in the area of 25% performance increases out of it. Oh. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I know I mentioned this in the past, but that, that was what uh, Taylor was talking about at PHP World when we, we talked to him. He said he was 
he was pretty excited about preload. He, he thought it was going to, across the board, make just about every framework, you know, about 20% quicker. I don't know if he said 20%, but he said, you know, pretty much every framework will, will get a speed increase from it. Yeah, the... Um the tests that I'm looking at are running are, are running on an app that is Laravel based. It's aggregate.stitcher.io, and uh, yeah, he sees you know roughly 25% improvement. Uh, but he is testing on a beta version that hasn't been released yet because there are known bugs in preloading right now. Hmm. Oh, in the current 7.4 release? Yeah. Yeah, so it's still... That's always the case. It's still in progress, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm following this stuff pretty closely. Uh, you know, how it works and what it does. And you're, you're going to have to code for it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. I've also got an interesting question for you guys. Now that you guys have employees, I thought this discussion point might be interesting to you. Uh, The Communication Workers of America is trying to unionize tech and video game workers. This basically just an announcement that they're trying to do this. Um, I haven't seen any way to actually get information about what they plan on doing or how they plan on doing it. But I was wondering what you guys think about unionized workers in the tech industry. We've talked about it in the past, that it's an incredibly difficult thing to to try and execute. I I don't know how that would even work. You know... I think the big focus for this group is the video game industry, where... You have a team of, you know, 60 programmers working on something versus an office like mine where you have a team of four. Well, the the big thing is, and again, to to your point of uh, video game programmers, uh, the, the exposure I've had with those guys, that that's a scenario where... I can see a union actually happening because the work the work conditions can get so bad, right? I mean, yeah, there, there's literally an expectation that you're going to live at the office for the next two weeks until launch to knock knock out every bug. I mean, when when these little stretches come up to release, the the people I knew working in the industry. Their life was their complete life was put on hold. They didn't care if you had a new baby. They didn't care if you had a sick parent. You know those two three months leading up to a release, your 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 soul was to that game, and they were and they weren't properly compensated in my opinion either. I mean it's not like it's not like they got these huge bonuses or they were treated to dinner every night. Um. I mean, it's situations like that. Now, now these aren't life-threatening situations like unions have come into shops to help resolve in the past, but they are work condition situations that you know, we are where a a employee who has no power to leverage against 
the company he's working for feels hopeless. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not a horrible thing. I mean, when, when unions are done correctly, I I don't have necessarily a problem with them. Um, I, I've been part, I've been, I've worked in companies where I was part of a union that I was happy with. I, I've worked for companies where I was part of a union that did nothing but took my money and basically worked with the work with management to you know, achieve whatever they wanted. Um, you know, it, it go, it, it, it becomes a whole political thing, right? So there is there is a real purpose for unions, and when it's when it's executed well and done correctly, I think it really does benefit everybody and makes for you know better better life. Um, but it yeah, but like when we talk about the tech industry, I don't know. I mean, it's like uh, how do you do that? How do you how do you pull this off? It would work better at <clears throat> starting with a big company like a Google or or an Apple where all of their employees do it as one unit versus trying to get every tech person out there. I mean, right now we, we put out an ad for an, a new employee and we're flooded with resumes. So it's, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think we would be affected at all by it, at least not for a long time. Yeah. Although, I mean, there is institutional knowledge as well. Um, I know that if my company put out a call for resumes, they'd get a ton of them, but they'd be really hurting if I just up and left. No, of course. And that's why I said it would work better from a big company such as, well, I mean, it would ha- it would work at any company, but somewhere like Google or Apple, where they all unionize together, it'd be way more impactful than trying to do it industry-wide right now. Yeah. that's mm-hmm. uh, Well, what band picket line doesn't really... Uh, have that same effect. Right. <laughs> you bring one, one small, medium company down, that's one thing, but a, a Google or Apple would be horrible. But right? Google's Google got caught firing people who were trying to unionize. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I can uh, pull uh... that. That's a big, big no-no there. I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah, Google is accused of union busting after firing four employees. Um, mm. You might remember there was big walkouts based on facial recognition tech being sold, stuff like that. Um, and some of the organizers of that walkout have been fired uh, for, quote-unquote, clear and repeated violations of our data security policies. So in trying to get information about other employees to try and unionize... Google said, "Well, you can't get you can't use our systems to get information about other employees, uh, which really skirts that line of union busting, which is super illegal." Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I mean, just today, Alphabet became a trillion dollar company. Really? Yep. So they're the second one. Huh? Yep. I can't even think of. I can't even think what that looks like. Did you, um, have you have you seen uh, Marquez Brownlee's uh, new video on AirPods? No. Mm-hmm. So he, he did a whole video on AirPods and AirPod, AirPod clones and the reason for it. Did you know that Apple makes $800 million just on AirPod sales alone? What? what? 
Yeah. Oh, those little earbuds? Yeah. So he's, he said, wow, it's such a small part of their revenue, but if you took that away from Apple and made it its own company, it would already be in a Fortune 500 level company. That's crazy. So no, so no wonder there's all these knockoffs trying to take a piece of that pie. Well, yeah, and, and that's only 0.1% of their revenue. Right. That's, it's less than 0.1% of their revenue. Have either one of you guys actually ever used those AirPods? No. No, never. I'm wondering how good they could, could actually be. I've heard they're quite good. And I heard the new generation, the, the Generation 2, is really good at noise cancellation. Oh, but, I, didn't, I didn't even know they had noise cancellation in them. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Gen 2 ones have a very, very good noise cancellation tech in them. But they're like $600. I mean, that's that's the thing with with Apple is that if you have the phone, the watch, and the AirPods, are they really that expensive? Yeah, if you have the phone, the watch, and the AirPods, that's like two thousand dollars on your person. That's too much. My watch was sixty dollars. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, says but does, it, does it tell time? It says I'm gonna die really soon though. Yeah, no, I I, I just I don't know. I I, I like Apple's designs and stuff okay they're not they're not 600 they're the most the more expensive ones are 250 the cheaper ones are 160 so not not to call you out but i mean 600 seem the, way the gen the gen me. twos or is that the airpod pro yeah okay that is 250 i thought it was more yeah than 250 that. which is uh, which is pretty much on on par with what these things are going for the, just uh, across them. I mean, I think I paid. I think I paid about one fifty for my uh, Jaybirds. Yeah, Frontal says that uh, they are awesome, just poor battery life. But the battery life doesn't matter, does it? Because it recharges when you put it in the right. But you got in the little tic tac thing. Yeah, but if you want to keep listening to your music and you have to take them out to recharge them every, yeah, you know. See, I, I have these. Yeah, but they, just buy a I second pair. I mean, get, Come on. They gotta go. They gotta go for a couple hours, right? I mean, I have these Sennheiser I mean, noise not... canceling headphones that I got. These were these were one fifty, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I accidentally left it on playing YouTube videos for eight hours. And when I came back, it was still going. And I haven't charged these in. Yeah, a but look of weeks. how big it is. I mean, that, that's like these. These, yeah, these things good. are huge. But but I'm saying the battery is <laughs> they're not little ear they're not little buds in our ear. I mean, there's plenty of room for battery in these things. The little, you put these little buds in your ear. I mean, it's amazing they work at all. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> he said, "There, there you go. Four hours." He says, "Every four hours, you've got to recharge." It. Just well, buy a second hours. pair and charge it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was trying to get trying to get Thomas riled up with that. It's not working. Yeah. No, it's too believable. <laughs> Stop! You make me laugh too much. I got. I can't keep drinking. Sure, you can. I'm getting lightheaded. The problem is, I I really want to try the AirPods, but uh, I don't know how well they work on an Android device. And 
from all the reviews on the, on the Android versions of similar things are just not as good as AirPods and just makes me hold off on trying them. The Jaybirds work fine when I use them. I do think they work. I, I, despite Thomas saying they don't. No, they, no, they do think they work. I think they, just, they do function, they just, but a lot of the features are just not there. There's right. a lot of stuff like the noise canceling that just doesn't work. Volume control doesn't quite work, I think. Um, the ease of connection of is, so, is huge because you're, yeah. you're in the ecosystem. Right. So so Google is coming out with their Pixel Buds, which I am excited to, to a, get. Not only those have been out for a while, haven't they? Then they got really no, not, not the not they got really poor reviews. Not the buds. Did they shoot? Because yeah. I really wanted them because they they did the whole. My understanding is, is they do the whole translation on the fly thing for you. They got oh, Pixel but Buds. I've heard that doesn't Pixel Buds yeah. two now is out. Uh, last time I checked, they, you couldn't buy them yet. Right. So the version two, which was announced uh, last year, uh, to me the biggest thing I've heard is that the the AirPods don't fit everyone's ears well. Is that if you have a if you have a very open ear, it won't sit correctly. I wonder what if my ears are open. How do you tell that? I'll try to put on AirPods, and if they fall out. So I gotta spend two fifty just to see. Just kidding, I'm not. All right, enough about. Um, how would you guys? How would you guys like to develop a new browser? No. Why? Too bad you can't. Okay. And if you read if you read this month's PHP Architect, they talk about uh, what browsers are really made of. Just FYI, why why can't you create a new browser? So. Three years ago, the W3C accepted a DRM standard. I don't know if you guys remember when this happened, um, but it was to appease companies like Netflix and stuff so that they could DRM browser content and it couldn't be captured by a capture card. Um, the thing about that is that they, the DRM is licensed only to a few companies. Uh, Google holds a license that they can sell out, uh, but they no longer do. They no longer sell the license. Uh, Microsoft and Apple both have licenses, but they are no longer responding to requests to purchase a license from them. Uh, And Microsoft, if you can get a representative on the phone, will charge you $10,000 for an application for the license and 35 cents for every browser that's shipped. So I, I assume you have a story to back all this up because I kind of want to call bullshit on you. Yep. Yep. Uh, It's in the uh, discussion points there. All right. Well, uh, I'll have to, I'll have to look that one because I I don't know. I, I see enough browsers still being developed. As a matter of fact, like I just said, there's a whole article about it in PHP Architect this month and how it really boils down to three main engines that are being used. And yeah, yes, those, those engines are the ones that I'm talking about, is that if you want to develop your own engine, you can, but it will not get support for the DRM that's required to play a lot of content online. 
So you you can feel free to decode HTML and do all that and display images, but if you want to play a Netflix video, then you can't. You have to use one of the three main engines, which is uh, Safari, Chrome, and Mozilla. And I, I, well, I don't have a problem with that right now. Do you guys see the Mozilla laid off a bunch of people recently? I saw. No. I saw, yes. They laid off like seventy people. Anybody we know? No, but I heard it from somebody from. Uh, Grumpy, he he posted it out there. That's what I was worried about. That's why I was asking. No, he still has a job as of right now. I mean, he's you know they're they're going through a little reorganization, so he's not sure long term. So hope all is well with you, Grumpy, and that still have your job. Although I I don't think he'd be hurting long. I'm sure people come knocking at his door quickly. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> That's that's one of those guys. Uh, yeah, he, he doesn't. I'm sure he he doesn't have a lot of downtime. I, I tell you, we uh, we brought in a couple junior developers uh, recently, and my my God, are they uh, are they really stepping up? I've been real. Uh, we, I, I'm getting one of them's offshore, which our our whole offshore experience has been kind of uh, hot cold. I mean, we we did it. Um, we did it because we were in a pinch at one point, and we ended up with a really good developer. Uh, so we tried to replicate that a couple times, and it never worked out. Um, we were actually, you know, had pretty much given up on the offshoring piece. I mean, we, we kept the one developer we have just because he, he does good work for us. He likes working on our projects, and, it, you know, it, everything everything's fine. But we let we we cycled through about half a dozen or so other offshore people, and I'd pretty much given up on it. And I told John, I'm like, listen, I'm gonna give this one last shot, and I did. And it sounds like we we might have picked up another super good developer. I'm getting a lot of, I'm actually not working with them, which makes me a little nervous. But um, our our other team members who are working with them, I'm getting uh, a lot of good feedback from from them on his work recently which is always good. And then we have another junior developer here on onshore uh up in Idaho. Is, is that where he's at yeah, or yeah. Iowa? I always forget this too. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Idaho. Uh, Idaho. Yep. And uh he he's he's been working on a on one of our projects uh, or on a greenfield project for us for about 2 weeks or t- yeah, about yeah, about 2 weeks now. It was his introduction to Laravel, and uh, he's really, really getting the hang of it. I, I did a, I did a some pair programming with him today. Did a code review with him today, and just seeing how quickly he's picking up, you know, Laravel uh, ways of doing things. And, and and again, he was one of these self-taught procedural code sort of people. Uh, so I I knew he understood PHP and and all the you know methods in PHP, but I wasn't sure if he'd get it, be able to get his head around a framework like Laravel. And he I I think he's fallen in love with Laravel. I think I think I have a Laravel convert on my hands now because he's very very excited with how much he's able to do. So I've uh, been really happy with that. Do you guys use uh you guys use SHA one? Ashes for anything? Of course. All over the place. <laughs> so a little bit of a loaded question. Uh, there's a new collision attack for SHA-1 keys. 
and uh, and it's pretty pretty bad. Um, essentially, for eleven thousand dollars, you can get the Shaw key that you want using a GPU calculation time. Um, there's a lot of places where SHA-1 is deprecated and gone and dead, but there's a lot of surprising places where it still isn't. And the scary one is GitHub, or just Git in general. Um, you may notice that your Git commits are always SHA-1 hashes. And with this new attack, someone could write a vulnerability into your code and develop a custom SHA that matches the currently released version or, or a tagged version. And if it gets onto your server, it's going to bypass a huge amount of security checks that are in place. Because it was previously merged under that SHA one, so right. Gets so save. if they can, if they can get it merged in, it will appear to every tool out there that nothing changed. But when it goes to fetch the repository, it will fetch your version that has a bugged SHA in it. Um, there's also a lot of uh, non-web applications that use HTTPS that accept SHA-1 certificates. Uh, and it's still allowed for what's called in-protocol signatures of TLS and SSL. Uh, so you could, theoretically, if you're attacking an older server, you could forge a valid certificate if you know the public key or if you know the, the SHA that you're targeting. So, so I, I have the article up on the stream. Did you uh, happen to notice the about uh, the about author, the about Bruce Steiner? Bruce Steiner, yeah. He, Steiner, he he's a public interest technologist. That's the first time I've heard of that title. Yeah, he's public uh, interest technologist. Well, I think it's I think it's a thing that he has defined himself. I think he's, yes, he has a whole blog post of it. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a he's a consultant under that title. Um, but he's a smart guy, knows his stuff. Clearly, but the uh, the group that so, uh, devised this new attack paid seventy five thousand dollars to produce their proof of concept, which collided two uh, PGP keys. So that they could fake a an authenticated user. So Frontal just asked in, in chat, Thomas, he says, uh, just on the side, I seem to remember right out talking about coin exchanges. Any thoughts on Stellar Lumens? Stellar Lumens. Okay, so if you have Keybase, then you might have received a message about receiving Lumens. Um they and they give you a dollar figure. They're they're currently worth ten dollars or whatever they are. Right, right. And they've given me like like forty dollars worth of stellar lumens. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I don't know what any of that means. I mean, it's not like it's a widely accepted currency. It's not a traded cons- currency, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> it's just a wallet. Yeah, I have... Oh, I have $76 worth of lumens. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're they're promoting this crypto by just giving it out to people who have Keybase accounts based off of how authenticated your Keybase account is. Um, so if your profile is fully complete and you're authenticated with a paper key and uh, all of the other security measures that they want, then uh, they'll give you a pretty significant amount of lumens. I have uh, 1,400 right now. I forget how to... Where, how to, where do you see know. this at? Uh, you just open up yeah. the Keybase app and click on Wallet. So I can't even get the Keybase app ringing on my laptop anymore. So you must have signed it. I, I haven't figured you, out why. You signed That's it at the, the same time I did, because I've got $76 as well. $1,400 KLM. Or XLM, I mean. Yeah. Where, where do you see it at? So in your Keybase app, on the left-hand side, you just see Wallet. Well, that's that's why. Okay, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to see if I see it in the uh, browser version, but I don't know if I will. Well, you also had to accept and sign up for it. I think when they uh, announced it. Yeah, you have I, to I, opt into I it. Yeah, I, I had done that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting stuff, but I mean, I'm sort of not in. Uh, crypto right now because there's no killer app. There's nothing. There's nothing that I'm really just like convinced is the next big thing yet. Um. Uh, Ethereum is launching Decentraland soon, which has promises for a crypto marketplace online, like a sort of a centralized thing you 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 can physically you can buy land in this crypto world um i don't know who's going to care or what it's going to be used for i think the theory is that it's going to be a cyberpunk city that it's going to be a literal space powered by ethereum that you log into and sort of walk around like a Google map. Um, and that, that there's a lot of cyberpunk journalism that, or, or fiction that has focused on that kind of a, an environment or reality, but nothing exists yet to really flesh that out into being a reasonable thing. So when the killer app happens, then things are going to move really, really fast. Uh, But right now, it just, it hasn't. And there's been so many issues with security and, you know, people exhuming bodies to try and find out if somebody's really dead or not, that you have to wonder what's going to be the tipping point for the maturity of a system like this. Yeah. You know, are we going to be yeah. using eCoin? 
Got we got out of, got out of the whole cryptocurrency game and got a, got a man. I haven't really looked back. Don't don't care anymore. I was I was down for it for a while. I mean, I, I thought it was uh, and I I think it'll, it'll make a comeback at some point. But I think it's yeah. It was it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, I mean, we were using it more as an investment more than actually using the cryptocurrency. It, it's got to be. Mm-hmm. It's got to get to a point where it's more accepted. I think people overseas are still using it a ton. I, I still see well, it, a place for it. It's just not in the U.S. Unfortunately. In a lot of places, it has replaced money transfers mm-hmm. because it's an instantaneous or nearly instantaneous. And if you can get someone to cash out in your local currency, then it's a very easy way of sending money internationally. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people who are hiding money with it. Um, people who make millions of dollars a year own millions and millions in crypto because they want to have only the amount of tangible cash that is their requirement for life. And everything else needs to be hidden from the IRS or whoever. Um, it's definitely got its places. I mean, I think for very wealthy people, it it does have a killer app. It's just that we're not very wealthy people yet. <laughs> I appreciate and, you throwing yet in there, by the way. Uh, me too. Yeah, yeah. I actually was specifically thinking about the two of you and not myself because I will not be a very wealthy person. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way. It's power of positive thinking. You will be. I'm 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 trying to convince I'm trying to convince John we need company cars now and he won't listen to me. Tesla. To... Yes, exactly. You see? How did I know? I I don't know because you're you're smart like that and John won't let me buy Teslas on the company credit card. So I'm really upset with him right now. Just get him a get him a smart car and be done with it. I, I think we need Teslas. My now. car doesn't leak anymore. It's okay. Don't even get me started on your car. I duct tape. Freaking I duct, embarrassment I, of a CEO. I duct tape the the moonroof right? or the sunroof or whatever it is, and now it's not leaking anymore. <laughs> well, it's a moonroof now. It's a, it's just a hole in your car now, but yeah, it's all duct tape, taped up. That's my CEO driving around. How old is that car? Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven Volvo. It wasn't even with duct with duct tape on the roof. That was my wife's newer than mine. That was my wife's car. She when she graduated with her master's degree, she wanted a a new car. Well, newish. So she wanted a Volvo. She got that car. Then we had kids, and she now she has the SUV. (laughs) So it's a hand me down. I understand that. My wife has the van. I have the two thousand three Jeep. That doesn't currently start. Yeah, starting is overrated. <laughs> well, a little bit. It's I haven't had to do as many chores recently. How do I get out of going to the grocery store? Oh, the battery's disconnected. I mean, the car won't start. <laughs> My battery's definitely connected. But you're not supposed to tell mm-hmm. the wife that it, you disconnected it. You know, you're not you're not listening to me. The whole car should be a battery. We need Teslas. Go. <laughs> You can use Make it to charge sure your you house. Make sure you contribute to Patreon. We need Tesla. We need Tesla Patreon money. Let's go. 
That's uh, what's her name? Did that us uh, uh, um, uh, crappy Simone robots? Simone. Simone or Gates? People bought her a Tesla and she converted it to a truck, which is actually pretty badass. And she had a great article in Wired, by the way. I saw that. She she got the front page. Yeah. She got the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How she's moving away from the whole crappy robot thing and and all that. I I like her. I like her, man. She's she's uh she's one of those people I'd love to run into one day. The queen of shitty. She robots. was at the Cybertruck reveal. Yeah, I saw that mm. that video. All right, what else we got? We're I got. I only bump, got one last thing. Bumping um, up on the end of this thing. Laravel airlock. Let's do it. So awesome! So happy he did this. Go, I'm serious. Go. Airlock is is great. Go on. Go ahead. Uh, it's he he put up a call for beta testers for Airlock. It's a featherweight API authentication protocol uh, mm-hmm. or system. Um, I am definitely going to be getting into it because I'm currently working on. A similar system that needs yeah. it's a spa style system that needs authentication. And it's this token based thing. It's stateful and it's got CSRF and it's a pretty cute little package. Yeah. I mean we we if you've been in the Laravel ecosystem, I mean there's been a couple solutions around the 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 big package one was Passport, um, which was really just absolute overkill for for simple API authentication. And he, even Taylor, I mean, you know, Taylor was always pretty upfront. He's like, you know, if if you if all you need is just like basic authentication, there's easier ways of doing it than using Passport. And I think at one point he even put out a tutorial on how to do it. And, and we had we actually had this problem because. You know, we were like, as we we were just doing so much API stuff that we were we were beginning to have Passport just be like a default part of the scaffolding of these API apps, and and again, it was just overkill. And so we 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 uh, recently started coming up with our own solution, um, a much simpler API you know authentication solution for for these uh, applications, and that's what Taylor did. Taylor basically said so. Taylor. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Taylor has committed for 2020. He's he's going to try to like commit like do like five open source packages or something like that. Like all he's doing for 2020 is open source work. He's not working on any uh, any more commercial stuff. I mean, he has his commercial ventures out there that he he's got to keep going, but he says everything he releases in 2020, at least. At the beginning of the year, he said it was going to be open source. I don't, you know, I mean, obviously it's his prerogative to change that, but but this was like his first um, first crack at that. He, he was like, okay, here you go, very simple API authentication thing. So I was real happy to see that. So yeah, that was good. That was a good one. I didn't realize you uh, that even fell on your radar there, Thomas. Yeah, you know, we're doing a lot of different uh, systems now that that are intended to be API driven internally. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm yeah. always looking at what's coming up. Mm-hmm. We're doing some uh, web socket mm-hmm. stuff soon. 
How are you? Really? How are you planning on doing, handling that? Have you looked into it? Um, pusher channels. Okay. And then uh, whatever the the Laravel good. JavaScript yeah. wrapper is, probably good. Yeah, it's That's fair. It's I mean, it's simple enough stuff once you've got the server running and the client side running. You just say send a message and it gets there. Yeah, I use Firebase for that now. Liberty. Are you at liberty to share how you, how you guys are thinking about using this? Or I don't know how we're going to be using it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, right. I believe that it has to do with uh, managing large file uploads from uh, external sources. Ah, okay. Um, and tracking upload progress and updating the user on things working or not working. Cool. Well, I don't know. I mean, you guys got anything else to, to talk about? Um, cable cutting. Just real quick, you and I were talking about switching from cable to you, you're currently on Hulu Live, and I made a mm-hmm. I made a little mistake where I wanted to try Hulu Live uh, for one month, so I was willing to pay for that and for uh, my current cable, so that my wife could start to get used to it, and then. As soon as I paid that bill, like within a couple days, I got an email from Google from you not from YouTube TV saying your subscription is live again because I didn't cancel it a while back. All I did, I suspended it. So right now I'm paying for YouTube TV, Hulu Live, and cable. <laughs> but I guess I you were asking about my reasoning for liking YouTube TV, and I found a new one. Uh, you can actually turn off channels you won't watch in their interface so that when you're on your Roku, oh. you skip those, and you can reorder them. So for my personal account, I can have the channels I want to see and in the order I want to see them. Where with Hulu Live, unless I'm missing mm. something, it was a pain because they're all in alphabetical order. So trying to get the, mm. you know, from ABC to NBC is a pain in the butt. So. Yeah, I, I had a similar issue recently where, um, you know, the Mandalorian is over now. So I went in to go cancel my Disney subscription and ended up just adding Hulu and ESPN plus to my subscription. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm canceling this. Don't use this anymore. Wait a minute. What's this? What's, what, do you, what else is this? Well, it turns out that uh, the person that we were getting Hulu from, previously decided that she no longer wanted it. So we suddenly found ourselves without Hulu access. So you weren't, you weren't actually paying for it. You're asking me if I was paying for something. (laughs) I'm sorry. My fault. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what came over me there. Who's screaming? (laughs) A party at Eric's house. My house? I don't know. There was just some screaming going on. Sound like two or three women all whooping and hollering. Oh, definitely have a lot of ladies at the house nowadays. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I got the I got the noise canceling on. So, well, yeah, it's it's nice. I've noticed that I use my noise canceling headphones quite a bit when uh, the kids come home from school. Oh, they're dangerous. They're so dangerous. 
I mean, you, you can so easily end up in your own world with these things on. It's 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 a blessing and a curse, I tell you. Yeah, the amount of times I I happen to catch over my shoulder, my wife just standing in the doorway. It's like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, where'd you come from? <laughs> what? No, I'm just working on All something right. with Tom. <laughs> I think that's it, man. Right? We're, we we have more stuff to talk about. We we only talk about today. No, nope, I'm good. I think John John and I. Uh, John and I are working on something together, which I'm actually getting excited about. Finally, it's I feel like I was in such a rut at the end of uh, 2019, and emotionally I was not in a great place and struggling with a lot of things. And now we're it, it's funny how things work at our company. Like there there are problems that it's it's like you know this person will try to tackle it. If they can't tackle it, it kind of gets bumped up to a more senior person and bumped up. Eventually it bubbles up to John and I, and uh, when things get to us, they're, they're usually pretty, like pretty complex. It's, it's like not easy shit. And uh, we're working on this whole, this whole new, like uh, it's hard to explain. It's like, it's like this whole rights management interface thing that we're, we're trying to talk through with the client and it's, it's exciting, man. I like, I love this sort of stuff. You're talking about John mentioning earlier, like architecture, architecting solutions and abstracting things away. It's like, this is where this is, this is the type of thing I like to tackle. So it's been fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I like working on, on hard problems. If I can figure them out. <laughs> All right. We can talk about that in the future though. I think for this week, we are good. We are wrapping up episode 174 does that mean we could potentially hit episode 200 this year 200 in 2020 i think that's it i think that's where we're wrapping up we we've been struggling <laughs> lately man like <laughs> i think we've that's done like just two the wine shows talking <laughs> man we could uh i think we wrap it up right there 200 in 2020 is our is our final final episode so let's uh Let's just push through and get get this done. Let's let's knock out these last twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Uh, uh, episode one seventy four is in the queue. We're can. gonna wrap it up unless we get twenty five new patreons, which you want to thank right now. Now, we like to thank our patreons. Our, I should have pa- that up, patrons. But I, but I don't. Patreons, yeah. patreons, patreons. Whatever. Yes, PHP ugly Patreon slash PHP ugly, right? That's what it is. I haven't even looked at that recently. I should probably do that. Maybe I don't want to do it. It might be a really bad thing. <laughs> Everyone go. left. We're just sitting here talking to ourselves. <laughs> Pretty much. It's just the, the yeah, three of I mean, us can... and then Gishu. <laughs> oh, Nougaty. All right. Nougaty. Okay, that's it. Thank you, uh, thank you, Patreons. Thank you, uh, everybody else who, who do your thing. We do appreciate you very much. Uh, episode one seventy four. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Congdon. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it, Keep ugly. it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. 
Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly. Ugly.